My name is Monica Gleberman, and you're listening to Silence on Set Podcast. On today's podcast, we have Elizabeth Mitchell, who will be returning for season three of Outer Banks, which is a show about a teenager who enlists his three best friends to hunt for a legendary treasure linked to his father's disappearance. Elizabeth Mitchell is an Emmy nominee who has starred in shows like Lost, Revolution, Once Upon a Time, Crossing Lines, and of course, the blockbuster hit The Purge Election Year. So to talk all about her films, television shows, and what we can expect for this upcoming season of Outer Banks, here's Elizabeth Mitchell. Well, I want to start off like just really quickly because you've had, I mean, if I was to list out every (laughs) single thing you did, we would be here all day. What is your like earliest memory of kind of being on set and getting a job and going, oh my gosh, what do I do? Like there's cameras, there's people. Yeah. I had done about 15 years of theater before I was on set. So I think it was just extreme disbelief because, I mean, it always just felt like something that other people did, like people that weren't regular old people <laughs> like, <laughs> like me, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, didn't, it didn't seem like something that was attainable, if that makes any sense. So I think the first time I was there, I just, I think I sat in my dressing room and I, I remember sitting in there going like, I'm really here. Like, I'm really part of this group and I'm really going to go do this. I think for the second you know the lights are on and the camera is there it just felt like such a place you can be free in I guess you know it's such a concentrated bit of time which is perfect for me because then I can go back to my little hole and read books and be really (laughs) quiet and all those things so I just remember being incredibly delighted of course I was nervous and of course I had that feeling of wanting to please right you want to make sure that you're making the people who hired you happy and that's left me as the years have gone on you know because now I am in service to my character and I will be as respectful as I possibly can always because I think that's part of our job my real service is to the character and and kind of pleasing them right pleasing the work pleasing the art of it and that's been a nice shift as I've gotten older and then become less of a people pleaser but still try to be as kind as possible yeah (laughs) it's hard like you pick up on a great you know topic that I think comes up a lot when I interview actors especially women is that you feel uncomfortable because you feel like you can't say anything so you do want to please everybody and then I think as you get older and a little wiser then you go well it's okay if I say something it's so nice and what I didn't expect, especially in my 50s, was the respect that just came with being older. <laughs> and I think it's been so nice because, you know, you don't feel older. Like, that's a really interesting thing that I feel like we just don't understand. But my grandmother explained it to me. She's like, you don't feel any older, but you know you're older. You know a little bit more, right? But you don't really feel older. So to get automatic respect from people simply because of my age and how long I've been in the business is always hilarious to me it tickles me just a little bit to have these like young adorable you know unbelievably talented kids be like oh um yes miss elizabeth that seems like a great idea we should do that thank you so much for mentioning that i'm like oh the power <laughs> <laughs> look what i've gained over time <laughs> That's so great. So, of course, that leads me into one of the biggest shows. No, man, I'm sure you know where I'm going, but Lost. Love it. I love Lost. Oh, my gosh. Now, I don't know if people remember. So, I'm 36. So, I remember when that came out. And when I was in college, we were watching week to week and we were all fighting. 
It was like, yeah. so every episode would end and we were all like arguing over what did it mean? So what was it like working on that show? Because I don't know how much you knew as to what was going on. And like, oh gosh, not but much. what was that like? Because I just, I can't imagine working on the show, let alone all of us that were arguing all the time. Totally agree. That's a great question. You know, I love Lost. I am grateful, but I also am just aware of what an extraordinary experience it was. And I think I always was. And I, and I always say the best thing that happened to me is I just had my son. I was feeding him. So I was exhausted, right? He was up all night long. You know, I would come to work in the morning and I firmly believe it's probably why I got the part and why I was able to concentrate because I think otherwise how big it was and how important it was would have registered really heavily for me and I probably would have been nervous. As it was, I was a sleep deprived mom who was loving her work, but not giving the rest of the world a whole lot of thought, if that makes any sense. Like there was not a bruising bone in my body. I was like, let's get this done. Come on, guys. Let's do it. I'm ready. <laughs> I think that that helped. And as far as the mystery of it, I loved it. I met and sat down with Damon, the creator, and, and all the guys, Carlton and I, talked about my life and myself, and they told me things here and there. And what I loved about that writer's room is just how excited they were and how well thought out this trajectory was and their love of archetypes and how they genuinely loved these stories and how committed they were. And it was another one of those shows that you're, it's word perfect. They like the words that they write and they want you to say them, right? Some of them, they're like, improv, do whatever you want. But I actually think that's one of the things that made it so good is every single word that came out of our mouths, they really cared about, right? So it was like doing a play in a way. And I loved the mystery of it. You know, it's a little easier when you get to read it. Not as much as left up to what could be because it's there on the page, you know, and we not only have our words we have our set description we have a what's happening around us we have a how we're feeling you know we have all those things so I feel like when people were questioning this or what is this or what could this be it was sometimes a little easier to see it on the page and kind of think oh yeah it's this I mean like the smoke monster I had an idea of what it was and I just went with that and I think that I was kind of right so that was the the fun of it was that idea of it is a mystery but these characters don't know what's happening either so they're encountering all of this with kind of a beginner's mind and I really thought that was fun like I loved it I had the best oh my gosh and I felt like you know the characters not knowing I think was the yeah. critical key because critical. It made the audience feel like we relate it right because we don't know yes. what's going on. you guys don't know what's going on what caused so much conversation and so much kind of like arguing and yeah. it's rare for a show and you know people now I think might yeah. go oh this happens all the time it didn't happen yeah. back then that's right that's exactly it and they did such a beautiful job of building that of world building you know I love sci-fi and fantasy and it's all about world building and they did such an incredibly beautiful job of that world building like you started you bought into the world you were in and I think that's why we all loved it and got so obsessed with it you know I still have people talk to me about the ending <laughs> do you have a favorite memory from Lost from those days you know Evangeline is one of my favorite people and I remember our episode we did when we were handcuffed and running through the jungle together and you have to know you know that's an hour of an episode but for us that was a week and a half of running through the jungle together and we just bonded I don't know how else to put it except that it was absolutely stunning how easily and joyfully our friendship kind of evolved and so I've always been really grateful for that on a personal level and I enjoyed all the little funny moments you know when Juliet flips Kate like I wanted to do that like like they there's like eating ice cream in bed for the sex scene during the more uh, Juliet centric episode in season three like I wanted to do that because I wanted to be there 
have there be more of a female approach to these things. I wanted to always feel like she needed to kind of be in charge. And I like that they let us do all of that. And some things I just laugh. You know, walking down the stairs and taking a sip from some, another actor's coffee and just the look on their face. I don't know, like dumb things, like dumb little worlds. But I think that what really always just comes back to me is those times all of us being together and Terry playing guitar and Josh singing and I would sing and we would all just be together. You know, no one was on their phones, right? So it was just these real times of camaraderie and then super hard work. I mean, half the time you're just working on your scenes because it comes fast and furious. So I loved it. It was a gold time big Hawaiian moon but you were so good in that show and obviously Thanks. you've done a ton in between you did revolution you did other okay. stuff like chorus the next yeah. I mean listen they, these were all big so it was very hard <laughs> to pick out certain ones but it's oh. a time for yeah. you, what was your experience you know on once upon a time I mean I remember when they asked me to come and do that I was on a road trip with my son and we were listening to frozen and we were singing all the parts and like everything and I remember them saying that it was a possibility and I thought gosh like what, what would that what is it going to be like to play this character with these powers with this huge vulnerability which makes her do terrible things right and the dresses I remember the first time I tried on the dress I remember one of the first nights we were shooting on a street corner and it was cold and there were spotlights set up and I was wearing that white dress you know with everything and there's some paparazzi across the street and they were taking pictures and I remember looking at them later that night and I sent one to my mom because for the first time in my career I actually kind of felt like a princess <laughs> this is amazing so I think to be in a fairy tale is was a childhood dream and it was extraordinary and it came in great response to my mom asking if I could just be pretty in something <laughs> <laughs> but I guess less um, dirty oh, from lost <laughs> yeah I think that out of the jungle a little bit of glamour and so did my grandma <laughs> and I think it made her very happy I think they could have done without the cleavage but I think that other than that they were great <laughs> yeah no, I agree. The outfits yeah. were fantastic. Speaking of that, were you able to Same. steal anything? No, nothing. Oh. The only thing I have, oh, hold on. I have one thing. Isn't that amazing? So it's like the clock tower and everything. Oh. I know. So, ah, love oh, that. Oh, that brings back so many, like, good memories for me. Like this I know. Movie. So I keep that in its top, right? So it wasn't meant to be there forever, you know? But at the same time, it was such a beautiful gift, and I was so grateful for it. And it is my memory of standing on that street. It was such a good show. It was so beautiful. You you were so great in that show. I hope you made your mom and your grandmother proud because you were gorgeous. So oh, there was nothing you. wrong with how you looked there. Nothing saying, like two hours of makeup and couture, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it was probably a lot nicer, I would assume. I mean, it has its challenges, but it was probably a lot nicer than being in the forest running and dirt, wearing same outfits over and over. And I mean, you like know, that. I was barefoot because I said to them, I'm like, why would she wear shoes? She's impervious to the cold. Like, it doesn't make any sense that she would wear shoes. And so, but then it's winter, right? And Canada and I'm barefoot so that was <laughs> that was a choice that I made you're so funny like I love all this like background stuff and I think people are gonna freak out because these are just like iconic classic moments in like television and it's just crazy and then another one I have to bring up obviously is yeah. The Purge because it was very different for you because you know yeah going TV show after TV show after TV show you had yeah. made appearances on like the and I'm going out of order but like you were on like The no, Good Doctor and you had all these different appearances but yeah. Purge election year was yeah a different genre what made you decide to participate in that were there any connections that you felt related to the purge so I did not look at the purge for a long time when they sent me the script and it was just to you know kind of look at it and the reason is is that I don't tend to watch terribly dark things because they resonate with me like I'm one of those people who you know cry at 
commercials. Like I'm just one of those, I'm a soft touch, right? So I didn't look at it at first because I thought, well, that's, that's not going to be for me. You know, I don't want to do like a, although I knew they were amazing and people absolutely loved them and were, you know, and my sister, like huge fan, like her favorite thing, my best friend, Wendy, same thing. But then I'm just sitting there and I'm like, you know, Liz, it's very disrespectful not to read a script. And I'm like, hopefully it won't be so scarring that it keeps me up at night. And what I found was just an incredible adventure, right? It was like an action movie for me. And I got to be in an action movie and I had always wanted to be in an action movie. So I think that's why I chose it. And then I kind of thought the idea was really interesting. I thought that that idea that there is an open season one night out of every year and that's what keeps us human has been a thought that has gone through many different things. You know, there's all these novels before I was born, but nevertheless that I've read from the 60s where they try to create the perfect utopia. And in almost all of them, they have to have some sort of war game because we all seem to like to have that tension in our lives, right? Even if we don't want to hurt anybody. So I thought that was really interesting. And I remember doing it and it's really kind of thrilling. You know, my mom who doesn't watch anything horror has seen it like five times. I feel like it's different than you think it's going to be if you don't know the genre. Like it was really fun to play because a good person in extraordinary circumstances and then the action itself is fun, you know, creeping around with the cutie. Like that was great. And then the idea behind it was also so interesting. You know, the dark side of them, what happens if we're allowed to fully express it to the nth degree. So I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, I find it fun. Purge in particular, I think is one of the most fascinating in terms, it's hard to yeah. under horror because I, I understand why, because of what you're seeing. Yeah. But to me, yeah. I identified it a little more, I think like you, like a thriller because it brings yeah. up so much topical things. And, you know, you might on the say, okay, well, there's this one day. Would that work? Would that not work? You could talk about that, but then you might start going into, yeah, but, and just like you said, with yeah. the societies they've had, like war games, hunger games, like when you know, look at all those movies, be something Absolutely. that is not pleasant, but that is what makes yeah. everybody else pleasant. So do you take that sacrifice? So it's much deeper I, that's it. than it comes yes. off. We thrive on what would I do, right? What would I do in extraordinary circumstances? We thrive yeah. on that as humans. Well, I would have saved her. Well, I would have, you know, that kind of a thing. We don't know what we're capable of. And I think that the movies that bring that to light are something that we like because there's part of us is like, what would I do in an emergency situation? Like, what yeah. would I do, you know, to stay? What would I do? Would I, you know, because me, I'm always like, well, I would just pull up and I would, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I would buy <laughs> all the things. But it's really interesting. So I want to yeah. get to you, Outer Banks. Outer Banks. Oh, oh Carla Limbry. I just love her, though. Like, the way that you play her, the way that you play her kind of like disability, if you will. I hate using that term, but like the way you play yeah. her with all the different fractions that she has. And the fact that in this season, when we see her, she's with Pumpy's yeah. dad. I know. It's I'm so like, cool. Like, my I'm mind like, was blown. I know. And he's such a joy. Like, I love working with But, you know, we do get to see him, which I think we saw at the end of the last season, which is great, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like that was such a surprise and such a, so it may be that it's a spoiler. And I felt like it was, he's just such a gift. And that was such a surprise. And I love her. I mean, she is a piece of work. She is an entitled old rich lady. And she probably was much worse, but thought she was better. I think 
she was socially acceptable, but probably even worse of a person. I think that she has started to have some vulnerability in her life because of her disease. And I am fascinated by her. You know, my big thing with her was how do I find sympathy for her? Because I, I do find really, really entitled, wealthy people to be hard for me. <laughs> I watched it and I'm like, I don't want to be any part of this. This right. makes me so uncomfortable. I don't like the thought of it. I don't like the world. I don't want to, I don't want to be included. Thank you. But then to find her humanity and to find what, like what, what are the icky soft parts of Blimbury where the thing I had to do in order to play her. And that was really my, my biggest struggle with her. The rest was just fun because like the Pate brothers are amazing. And those, all those actors are just adorable and kind and funny and lovely. And so the, the doing of it was fantastic, but yeah, she was a struggle for me, but she's fun this season. I, I think you guys just see it, right? Yeah. She's so fun this season. And I want to mention yeah. one scene in particular yeah, in perfect. the church yeah. when we kind of come back. I want to ask you what that meant to you because she is so complex and she has yeah. like entitlement and she has all these like issues. Right. And yeah. I think the trust level has gone up and down as we've met her. But when yeah. at church with John B's dad and John B's yeah. dad's going, you know, we used to have a call and I used to ring the bell and blah, blah. blah and he's doing yeah hours and hours and that's such a beautiful dad thing to do like to really try yeah. to protect him he's doing it and he wants to give up and he comes downstairs yeah. to you and he says I, you know this isn't working and she turns and she said like I'm paraphrasing but it was like if you want to have yeah. a miracle you have to believe in a miracle and yeah. kind of sends him back up and a yes. miracle does happen that whole scene was so, so beautiful. beautiful yeah so like yeah. monologue like you basically instill a miracle in that episode yeah I, I think that's what she believes and I think that there's good parts of her right like there's good parts of her that are like all of us that are touched by family by close you know whatever it is and I think we're all capable of being extraordinarily wise and kind it's just sometimes we have to be surprised into it and I think that that was one of those moments where the wisdom and her essential truth is that that's her whole life right she firmly believes if she can get her hands on what she needs to get her hands on that she will be healed and that's what she wants more than anything in the world I mean the fact that she thinks she's more important than everybody else is an issue but I do think that that essential longing by saying what she does she's sharing such a, a true part of herself with him which is easy to do because you know Charlie's so fabulous but I did think that that was so fascinating that she's the one who kind of keeps it going like yeah. a little fairy godmother only like out of like the purge <laughs> <laughs> mix between the two I guess but yeah like that scene like I, I got like a little choked up I'm not gonna lie like when she said that and then things happened but it was just so beautiful that she just didn't give up the faith for some reason in that moment and she came through you feel like the world just talks through you you know sometimes you'll say something to somebody and years later they'll be like do you remember when you said this and I'm like absolutely no memory of that so I think those are the magic times aren't they you know those times where you get the wisdom that you need and it doesn't really matter where it came from <laughs> what are you excited about for Outer Banks in terms of coming back oh, it's so we good. miss the, the kids, kids we miss so everybody good. yeah the kids are so good I mean the beautiful young amazingly talented people are so good I think the Tate brothers are so spectacular and they're directing and they're creating and the scripts were spectacular. The show's so good. In my mind, they don't ever drop the ball and I think that has to do with their enthusiasm and their talent. But when you are on set and watching them do their work, you've never seen so much joy and happiness. Everybody is playing. It's never a situation where people are like, oh, we have to do this. Like, hey, what's the next setup? Let's get this. Let's grab a light. Let's go do this. Okay, let's have another idea. Okay, what's your idea? Let's do it. <laughs> So 
I feel like that's just going to be our thing. We'll just keep doing Jonas's idea until, until we don't do it anymore. I yeah. wanted to ask you about First Kill. I'm very excited about yeah. that. You're working with Emma Roberts. Is there anything that you, the like, that you could like kind of talk about that? It was amazing. I'm not surprised that it didn't get picked up because I feel like sometimes these shows come together and they're just meant to be this one big long movie. But I've always wanted to play The Empire. And then I'm off to go do the Santa Clauses again and I leave Monday. I'm sorry. I mean, I didn't think that was going to be like another show, but what a joy. I can't believe it. It's like I get to pray for a living. It's so fun. <laughs> so you have the Santa Clauses, which you're coming back for. You were at yeah. Sundance for Aliens, right? So Aliens. Okay, yeah. So parents. Aliens abducted my parents and now I'm feeling kind of left out, which is possibly the sweetest movie I've ever done. I was in a theater at Sundance seeing it, but how was the yeah. response for you at Sundance? The response was great. People seem to love it. I looked around the audience as you do when you're an actor and people were crying and laughing and touch and the sweet little movie that could, you know, like the little engine that could. Like it's we had didn't have any idea that it was gonna be somewhere like Sundance. You know, it took fourteen days. It's a teen movie, you know, it's about these kids. But I think that that sense of longing and being your own odd little person resonated, right? For everybody. I think it strikes a chord and it's a sweet movie in the way of like an old old Spielberg movie. Like you don't really see those anymore, right? Like it's such yeah. a joy to see it. I loved it. It's a beautiful movie and I recommend beautiful. everybody finding going anywhere you can to see it because to it see it I know it's so good oh it's so good I loved it I mean I'm you know you know the part I play in it but I had a great time. so really yeah. quickly I want to mention so yes so for Santa Claus is you're coming back and yep. then you're in I think it's in post that I read Possum Trot is oh yeah Possum Trot so the most incredible story about it so I play a social worker in the 90s in this incredible community called Possum Trot which was responsible these these rural churches were responsible for for adopting every child considered unadoptable out of the system to such a degree that there were no adoptions left in a 200 mile radius around this little town. They took in every kid they could and they did it forever, right? No give back. <laughs> they took these kids into their families, into their community, and they did so, you know, with love, with compassion. And it's such a beautiful story. It really is extraordinary. I mean, I'm a small part of it, but it is just such a joy. And we got to meet the real people. It's based on a real story. And I was about to go on vacation when they sent the script and like I'm getting on the plane because I have a feeling the minute I read this I'm gonna want to do it so I got on the plane and I read the script and I flew out about five days after <laughs> so that's so yeah. exciting so that's coming out I would assume sometime probably next year probably so we still have a few shots left to pick up so I think that we are yes in post-production but we're also still you know we're not but it is really good what we've done is really good I think we probably have a day of shooting left. I would literally break down every single thing because you've done so many things oh, I mean such a literally, I, wrote down, I wrote down notes and then, then I started laughing so I was like I've seen all these but <laughs> like just really quickly Queen Bees yeah. what we found we talked about the purge Santa Claus yeah. which is coming back running scared <laughs> Hollywood yeah. Palms you yeah. were in first kill FBI International Outer Banks <laughs> Enterprise The Expanse The Good Doctor Christmas Club Blind Spot Dead of Summer so I mean <laughs> You are just in every major show known to man and you're good in all of them. So I want to yeah. ask you kind of what fuels you from project to project oh, and what kind of keeps you going because you're like nonstop and it's always <laughs> good. It's always good because some people are nonstop and I'm not going to lie. They're not always good. Like sometimes it's not good. 
you're think, always think there. we all have our moments of thank you. I genuinely believe life is about the love of it. I think our brains do the very best work they can when they're in love with something. We are the best people we can be when we love someone. We remember things about people. We cherish it, you know, and I love what I do. I love it. I love it like it's the first time doing it. I am always intrigued. Getting a script, I, I hold it to my face. Like I am in dorky, full-on love with what I do. And I think that's it for me. I'm a really quiet person. You know, when I'm not doing that, I'm home, you know, and I am home 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 like I am not a social butterfly I'm not out and about I don't want to see and be seen I have no FOMO my own simple little self so I think for me it's pure passion and love and I'm always excited to be scared to be excited be attracted to fall in love with these characters and see who they fall in love with and see what they want and see how they're going to get it I think this is our you know our one and only precious human life but as an actor I get to be so many different people and it's um, God, such a gift. And I love, you know, the cameras roll. You look into another actor's eyes and it's go time. And my little inner child is delighted, jumping up and down and clapping no matter what I'm doing. So that's how I feel. It's amazing. And while you were talking to, and I don't know if you realize mm-hmm. it, but like subconsciously, a lot of the decisions, it sounds like were related to your son, which I love. And a lot of the stuff that you chose, you were yeah. like, well, I was with my son or your memories are tied to him. I love all of that. And that you were uh, able to experience that together. He's so not a Hollywood dude. He wants to be a doctor. And any time I can be around him, it's my favorite time. He's great. He's hilarious. He's completely his own person. <laughs> You're so amazing. I just would want to hang out with you every day, all day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, I've loved talking to you. I really have. I've loved oh my it. Gosh. You, I, you I are think so amazing. kind. And you ask such wonderful questions. Thank you so much. I've loved it. I have one final one for you. Do it. You are just a joy. I mean, you are such Thank a beautiful you. person. It's like radiating off my screen. But like when you come on, you're just like, you just light up. And it's exactly what you do on camera, but it's different when you're you, if that makes sense. <laughs> It's just more. You're just such a beautiful human. So it's so great to speak with you. But kind of want to end with if there was any good advice that you've received over the years, because you've done so many things. And then for fans, you have a lot because you've been, like I said, you've been on huge shows. I love, and I love my fans. I have the kindest fans in the world. I mean, like literally love you. So I wanted to know kind of if there was any good advice that you received. And then is there anything that you want to say to fans that have kind of traveled over the years and followed you from project to project? I kid you not the greatest fans in the world who have really lifted me up during times when I'm like well maybe that's it right like maybe I'm middle-aged and that's it I'm not going to be working anymore and I've loved it I'm so grateful for what I have had and every single time I do something it's like this wave of just extraordinary people coming to give me this love and kindness and appreciation and intelligent detailed insight into the work that I do and that's always like it's just been such a huge part of it It, joining Instagram was super fun because I got to talk to people personally personally but you know even doing shows people coming to see them and talking to me and as far as advice just love it and I'm a big believer in onset etiquette in that etiquette's a terrible word to use but there is a reverence for what we do and I love the idea of honoring where you are and doing the work and having your homework be something that is so tightly under your belt that nobody can sway you and then just love and respect and play remember that it's a situation that nobody ever really gets 
gets to do in a full way and just play. You are the only you, right? The only you. Don't try to be anybody else because first of all, you'll just be a copy. You'll be like a ghost of somebody else. And it is so extraordinary to watch people find their way to their authentic selves and then give us that gift. And that's my biggest advice, especially for young women where we're given so many ideals that we're supposed to live up to and none of them are attainable. Not one. I promise you. So you just live, you be, respect yourself, respect others, be kind, love the work and enjoy every minute. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to Elizabeth Mitchell talk about her career and, of course, the upcoming season of Outer Banks. The show will premiere February 23rd on Netflix, so make sure you go and check it out. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you're updated on all of our latest podcasts. And head over to our YouTube channel, hit subscribe, so you're updated on all of our video content. Oh, 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 o